Welcome to Crime and Fiction. I'm here with Brooke Dacus, and my name is Mayor Singh. This is where we tell you all about the crimes and all about the fictions. Brooke? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, what do we have going on this week? Well, Mayor, it's been a busy week. What do you think? Well, yeah, it's it's been a busy week. We've heard about um, Justice Ginsburg's passing and, and how the political sphere will, will be affected. Yeah, did you, did you watch her... Uh, I guess her funeral on on TV today was it today or last? I can't even. My days are so mixed up right now. I don't yeah, know. I think I think we've all got that a little bit because of Corona. You You're know? right. You're right. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I watched a little bit of her uh, of her her funeral and and that was sad. I mean, she's she's such an amazing woman. Yeah. So, but but other than that, I mean, what have you been up to this week? Well, you know. I, I'm a practicing criminal defense attorney. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, or not. yeah, we know that. Um, and so, just taking care of cases, visiting clients in jail, um, making sure they get out of jail. Had a crazy story this week. What happened? Well, this this poor girl, and obviously, I'm going to respect her identity. No names will be shared. Well, obviously. Yeah, um, but this poor girl, she was, I guess, she was arrested for driving with a bad license, with an invalid license. Uh, right before Corona, you can get arrested for driving with an invalid license. Actually, you can. Uh, you can. Um, in Texas, it's called driving while license invalid. The first cita- the first time you get stopped is a citation, meaning you don't get arrested. The second time you do get arrested. So this was her second time. Yeah, it was. It was her second time. Obviously, she's a single mother with children. I'm sorry, she's going to have to drive, take care of her kids. Well, of course, of course. So she got um, arrested for for this case. Yeah. What? Long story short, short, she gets arrested in a neighboring county, two hours away from here, and she misses a court date. Unbeknownst to her, she misses a court date. That's a big no no. Everybody should know that. I don't know if, if she was given notice or not, but she missed her court date. And so she's driving around two hours from where she was originally arrested from for driving with a bad license because she's not from that county. She lives in a, in our county. And she gets pulled over for a random reason, speeding. And they run her and they see she's got a warrant out from this county. And so they take her in, book her in, and for some reason, that county that she had the arrest warrant out of just wasn't communicating properly with the county that she was arrested in. So what did that do? What happened is this. Um, the judge ordered a cash bond, and he dropped it. I spoke personally to the judge and told her how this is a, a wonderful woman with a single mother with twin children and how it's a big misunderstanding. He said, okay, absolutely. I'll drop the cash bond requirement. What do you mean cash bond requirement? I don't like a lot of people don't even yeah. understand what you mean cash bond. What a cash bond is this? It means if you've got a cash bond of five thousand, for you to get out of jail, you need to procure five thousand dollars, penny for penny. That's typically not the place. Okay, typically you can go hire a bail bond and you can just put down ten percent of five thousand, which would be five hundred. So that's a substantial financial effect on her. Um, and so the judge was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll drop it. I get it. It's one big misunderstanding. She's presumed innocent. Let's drop it. But for some reason, the jail that was housing her just did not get the memo. Did they ever get the memo? They did eventually, but it, but it, it was like prying, prying teeth, guys. It was prying teeth, and it was the most frustrating thing, and it was almost a defeating 
feeling because she was in there 20 hours too much. Very wow. defeating. She called me 530 in the morning. She had my cell phone number, called me at 530, <laughs> and I answered. And she was telling me, hey, they're not releasing me. What's going on? Well, did she get out or is she still there? No, she, she got out. Uh, I had to make 10, 15 phone calls, four or five separate trips to the jail, and wow. finally she was released. Wow. Well, I, I mean, thank goodness you got her out, but that's a... I mean, that's just a kind of a big cluster, you know what. Yeah, it, it was. But how was your week, Brooke? You know, it, it wasn't too bad. It's still, you know, it's kind of it's still a little slow because of Corona. You know, for those of you who don't know, legal system kind of shut down for a little bit, at least in Texas. And I'm sure that's kind of the case around the country, at least. Oh, it must be the case around the country. It, it has to been. Yeah. So we shut down for a little bit. We're slowly picking it back up with the Zoom meetings and the Zoom hearings and doing that. And yeah. it's good talking to clients. Clients are still getting arrested. So that's that's business for us. So, you know. Well, well, absolutely. You know, police officers are enforcing laws and rightfully or wrongfully so, people are getting arrested. Exactly. So we're still working. We're still staying busy. So, I mean, that's that's great for us. So I, I don't have any complaints. But, you know, you know, in the legal world, though, legal world, I mean, keep up with news every day. It's still... Still, still busy as ever. Yeah, busy as ever. Like we were discussing earlier, Justice Ginsburg's passing in our last episode. Now we've seen how the how the political sphere has shifted into now. Okay, we're done grieving her, right or wrong, and now it's time to pick a, uh, someone to replace her. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I mean, it's just you know we. I think we ran into the situation a few. I mean, years ago when Obama was in office and the, yeah. the Republicans said, no, and it's a, it's an election year, you can't choose someone. And yeah. and now we're running into the same issue as Republicans well, and they're saying, yeah. well, actually we can. So it's just, you know, it's becoming politicized. And it really, it really shouldn't be. Why? You know, if you are a judge, you take an oath to uphold the Constitution and to interpret the laws. And you've got to keep politics out of that. But, I mean, you know that people interpret the laws in specific ways. And obviously they can be interpreted in a conservative way and a liberal way. And we all know that that happens. And that's why certain presidents choose certain people to fill certain spots. You know, you're actually right when you say that. It's sad to say that you're right. Is it sad to say I'm right? It's sad to I'm say. I'm sorry you feel that way. It's sad to say that that Brooke is right, guys. <laughs> but she You is. know, the thing is I'm right a lot. That's the problem. I don't know if it, a lot or just sometimes. I'm not uh, sure. A lot. I'd uh, go with a lot. But she's right here. It's so unfortunate, though, how it's been politicized. If you're a judge, just interpret the law. That's it. You don't need to be making new law. Sometimes new law needs to be made, though. Well, that's not their job. That's the legislator's job, and that's a prime, that's a fundamental aspect of our government. But the problem is, is that sometimes the legislator creates laws that are ambiguous, that need further interpretation by the courts, such as yeah. the Supreme Court, and so therefore the Supreme Court is in turn 
I mean, creating law, even though the legislator may have said, you know, this is a law that the Supreme Court is molding the law or shaping it a certain way because the legislator left it up for interpretation or made it somewhat ambiguous. You know, I mean, you know that we've we've gone to law school, we've read the opinions, we've we've done this and that and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, you're right about that. Um, Shifting gears, though, obviously, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and we'll be you know keeping everybody up to date on that and we'll be discussing as things develop definitely definitely the new replacement and if there is one for now who knows president trump apparently is supposed to pick one by this weekend i guess which is sure what in two days by the time you guys hear this maybe we'll already have five new supreme (laughs) court justices (laughs) that'll be like a filibuster who knows yeah so yeah i just hate to see i don't i don't want to see any mudslinging I hate to see how... Well, there's going to be mudslinging regardless. You know that. You know, I just want the... I want this country to stop the mudslinging. That's it. Okay. Well, that's a nice dream, but... Yeah. Okay. And we then, live in reality. All right. So, you know, I've been paying attention to Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing and all the political stuff, but also been watching a lot of basketball. <laughs> I, I, I was actually... You. I was out sick for two weeks. I don't know if it was corona. Do you have the coronavirus? Let me just say this. I can neither confirm nor deny that I had a coronavirus. Well, let me ask you this. Did you get tested or did you not? I've got, I got crazy thing, guys. I got tested twice. Both results came back negative. But then my doctor apparently told me I got the wrong test. <laughs> um, I, How I, does that work? Yeah. I, uh, I got the rapid result test. Um, apparently, I was supposed to get something called a PCR I don't even know what the, what these things mean, guys. I'm not holding myself out to be a doctor, but let me let me hear what your symptoms were, and I will I will Google this right now and tell you if they were consistent with the coronavirus. My symptoms were it started off as a very very light scratchy throat. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of hurt when you swallow time to time, but nothing big. Headache developed, and then you know about five days in, you know I was just bedridden. Oh my goodness! It was scary, guys. I because I didn't know what it was, and I, and I didn't know if I hit the peak or if it climaxed or if it was c- going to continue to get worse. Because it started out as nothing, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in bed." Did you have Did you have a fever? Oh, I had body aches and chills. I don't know if I had a fever. Every time I checked, I didn't have a fever, but I had body aches okay. and chills. Okay. Well, you know, according to the CDC, it sounds like it might be coronavirus. Yeah, and the, and that's what I did. I played it safe and just worked from home from two for two weeks while I could. Uh, and when I was working from home, I rekindled my love for basketball. <laughs> okay. The NBA playoffs were on. That's that's true, and you know the NBA playoffs. I know a lot of people have been very they've been kind of polarizing some people are saying oh my gosh i'm not watching nba anymore i'm not watching basketball and some people are like hey finally some sports during this coronavirus so but you've been watching yeah i was more so along the lines of hey i've always loved basketball i always played it when i was a youngster and then i was like i always watched it too so i was like oh finally i get some downtime let's just watch it finally some sports yeah so how's that been going for you well i'm a big mavericks fan unfortunately the mavericks were knocked out uh, a while back well, you know what? Actually, this is, I feel like, a great time to bring up. Speaking of basketball and current events, I know we like to do a little bit of a current event type of thing that happened during the week. 
Magic Johnson, who I do know played for the L. He played, you know, I the know Lakers. Brooks got it on the tip of her, tip of her tongue. He the had, Lakers. I'm, you got the right state, but the wrong team. Magic actually played for the Sacramento Kings. He also played for the Lakers. I'm just messing with her. She had it right the entire time. <laughs> okay, I knew that I, I... I don't know much about basketball, but I, I feel like I know the Lakers. So he, what happened to Magic? So Magic... And this better not be one of those cheesy jokes about Magic and his condition. <laughs> better not be one of those cheesy jokes. Okay, no, I'm not I'm not going to go below the balls. Okay. You know, like... Five. All right. Okay. What happened to okay. poor, so, poor Magic? Poor Magic, apparently... Magic and I didn't know this until I until I heard that this week, but apparently Magic has been and Magic and his staff has been stalked or there he's he's being stalked by some guy um who is I don't know if he's like an obsessive fan or really who he is. There's not a whole lot of information as to who he is, but he's been stalking Magic. He has started by, you know, what most stalkers do, you know, calling obsessively, calling Magic's house, calling his work. He's actually showed up at his house or where he lives, and then he showed up at his place of work. He's actually been threatening Magic. That's really scary. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And so, you know, Magic kind of, I think, according to the articles, TMZ article, ESPN article, Magic thought that, you know, okay, just give it some time. It's going to go away. What a lot of people would think. They don't want to get police involved. But really, yeah. it's, it's it just it, it escalated more over time. So has this, quote, unquote, stalker been arrested? No. So police no. have not been involved with the stalker. Um, and so what happened is there was kind of a precipitating event. The stalker, he actually went to where magic works he got past security somehow and was really close to magic's actually i guess office you could say right and um and he slipped a note under his door from what reports say essentially threatening magic escorting him at this point in time it's just civil it is so Here's what Magic did. And what's the difference between civil as opposed to criminal? Okay, so here's what Magic did after that happened. He decided, you know, obviously this guy is not going away. It's getting worse and worse. So I'm going to get a restraining order. So what he did is he, he actually got, you get, first thing you get is called a temporary restraining order. And this is California law. So each state's going to vary in what they call Texas. You get a protective order. Um, if you want, if you want to do anything really effective, but in California, he gets a temporary restraining order and a temporary restraining order. It only lasts about 20 to 25 days. Well, it's temporary. It's That's temporary. About, and exactly. It, and it's, it varies everywhere. Every state's different guys. Exactly. So this is what California says, but he got a temporary restraining order basically based on the stalking behavior that you know, he's in fear that this guy is threatening him, essentially. And so a judge signs off on the temporary restraining order. And after the expiration of the temporary restraining order, there is going to be a hearing. And the hearing is going to be whether or not the judge is going to grant Magic a 
permanent restraining order. And a permanent restraining order is going to be, you know, last, it can last from anywhere from three to five years, just depending on the type of case. So that's going to be probably the next step for magic and, and have that hearing and see whether or not, I mean, the guy, the stalker even actually shows, first of all, isn't this scary? I think right now we're seeing all these stalkers pop up. It's, it's not just magic. I think we see all these stalkers popping up because we're living in 2020 now. And it's just so much easier, number one, through social media to know where someone's going to be, to to announce that you're going to be at a, at a particular place to the public. And so this is what these folks are doing to take advantage of it. They're stalking people. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, when your life is out on social media, Instagram, TikTok, wherever, I mean, it's easy for people to kind of see, okay, you're here this time, this is what you do, and, and kind of be able to track your every movement, and and that's scary, and so I feel like social media and the internet has kind of created that avenue for, you know, stalking as well as, you know, yeah. cyber stalking has also yeah. kind of become a thing of, of well, at what point, right now. Yeah, you're right, what you're saying, at what point do the authorities get involved and stop this stalking? You know, this is very, very, this is a big heated discussion you know if something does happen to magic god forbid everyone right. is going to look back at this and say you know what the warning signs were there for a year i was and we're looking at the article article guys this guy's been stalking magic for years for years the warning signs were there but the police didn't step in <laughs> no but here's the thing is i mean are police just supposed to know that this crime is taking place or are they just supposed to you know be able to read minds or know what's going on everywhere i mean they can't magic i think he has some responsibility to report the crime and report that it's occurring and i don't think he's done that yet yeah i mean i don't know i mean he went to court civilly but it's a civil case yeah it's because I hate to throw anybody under the bus, but it's probably because law enforcement is not following up. Or he has not reported it to law enforcement because he doesn't want law enforcement involved. Well, I don't know. Magic Johnson as a prominent figure all over the news. I don't think he's got any trouble having law enforcement involved. I can probably guarantee you that he's called law enforcement time after time. But obviously, here's what it, where it comes down to. Law enforcement, they have to operate on something called probable cause. They can't just go out and arrest people. And they probably think there just isn't enough evidence to go after this guy. I mean, but here's the thing, though. If he's making viable threats to Magic Johnson, if he's, you know, doing extortion-type things, if he's stealing the identity or threatening... He should be arrested immediately then. I mean, this is stalking. This meets and the stalking... This meets the stalking elements definition. So, I mean, yeah, who What knows? are the... What do you think the elements of stalking would be, just generally? I know every state's different. Yeah, yeah. So, generally, stalking, I mean... So, stalking and harassment kind of go hand in hand, and harassment is essentially... A lesser form of stalking. Exactly. And But harassment is essentially repeated harassment attempts, um, you know... Probably by messaging, texting, yeah, phone calls. Exactly. That can be a form of stalking. And so, 
you know, someone who basically by the same common scheme or occurrence is contacting you, is following you, is doing things by, like I said, a common scheme or occurrence. I mean, that is essentially stalking, but there's also something that we call cyber stalking. Um, and that's been a problem in recent years too, because of social media oh, yeah. where, you know, we have these people on Instagram making, you know, threats, calling it, and it's a big problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens to magic, but God forbid something happens to him. He's just going to be one of those other stories. I mean, it, it's not just magic. It's, you know, in recent years, we've seen celebrities like Taylor Swift. She's had yeah. her fair share of stalkers. Uh, recently, Ariana Grande. Yeah. She's had to go to court for and believe this or a, not. A temporary restraining order, a restraining order yeah. against her stalker. Billie Eilish is the recent one who just yeah. had a stalker. I mean, it's yeah. it's. And here's the thing, though. Is here's the thing. It's not just a a celebrity crime. It's it's not. And it's, I was trying to get to that. Okay. Well, you go for it. I've had a few stalkers myself too. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not laughing. Who are the stalkers? You know, it's very, very scary when you wake up and you open your front door and you see someone there watching you. Well, I didn't realize that you've had someone watching you. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to know who, who is that? It was actually one of my dogs. Um, just took him outside to use the potty. So, okay. That was like the worst joke ever. I know, but I mean, it goes back down to <laughs> the police. They've got to have something called probable cause to make an arrest. And it's not up to magic to call them and make it a report. They need to be investigating this anyway. Well, they need to know that it's occurring, though. And how do they know it's occurring? If Well, it was in the news. We're talking about it now. Well, I'm pretty sure they know it's occurring. Okay. Well, you're right. They know it's occurring. So now, you know, they need to open an yeah. investigation because obviously if a crime is being committed, it's their job to investigate. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so. Or maybe they investigated and they already ruled it out. I don't know. Maybe it's that. There's a lot of different scenarios, but it'll be interesting when there actually is a hearing to see what the evidence is and what the judge says. Maybe, you know, maybe the judge says there's there's no reason for a actual yeah protect or yeah. a well restraining order so yeah well i mean hopefully magic's okay but let's move on to probably the, the biggest piece that's in the news right now from a legal standpoint it's it's huge guys and i think everyone's thinking about it it's the big elephant in the room and this is where we get down and talking about the crime and then also discussing the fiction this is where we get down to that it's down to the nitty-gritty brooke why don't you Go ahead. Definitely, definitely. So we all, I mean, most, I think most Americans are aware that yesterday a grand jury in Louisville, Kentucky decided or declined to indict police officers who were responsible for the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor. And if you will, will recall, Breonna Taylor, she was fatally shot in March of this year. Um, police officers executed a search warrant on her apartment. Her boyfriend at the time had woken up during the, while well, police entered the house or the apartment, and he had a gun. He shot a, apparently a warning shot 
when police entered and police returned fire, they actually hit Brianna Taylor and she was shot and killed uh, right at the scene. And so that was something that's very tragic because she's become, I think, one of the faces of the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, she was someone who people around the nation were protesting for um, against police brutality. And so, you know, we don't want to make this, I think, first of all, we want to say we don't we're not making this political at all. Well, at all. And, you know. The way I look at this case will probably be different than the way you look at this case. Absolutely. I think um, I think the thing is, is like everyone's going to look at this case differently. Yeah. And, you know, everything, I know it's been so, it's been analyzed by a fine microscope, this case. The, those 30, 40 seconds or whatever that happened inside that apartment have been overanalyzed, microanalyzed, torn apart and looked into, but still there's always going to be a dispute into what actually happened. Absolutely. I think that, you know, because right now there's still an, an ongoing investigation as to actually what even happened. I mean, there's been ballistics that are looking at, you know, they're still interviewing witnesses, you know, that the cops that were there, uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, neighbors. So, we're still, this, the full story is still coming out right now. And so what we're saying is just very scratching the surface. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's kind of start looking into this case. Let's start talking about what a search warrant is and, and who's in charge of drafting a search warrant, what it means when a search warrant is signed. Then that, And that's a great place to start. So a search warrant is issued by a judge and a judge has to sign a search warrant a search warrant gives police the ability to go into a dwelling so a house an apartment really anywhere to search whatever yeah. is i mean they have to so please i mean I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. What police do when they want a search warrant is they have to write what's called an affidavit, which is basically their reasons for why they should get this search warrant. The search warrant affidavit has to go into probable cause, and the statements in the affidavit cannot be conclusory. You cannot just say, I know there are drugs inside that house because I know. You have to go into how you know. What are the facts that led you to believe that there are controlled substances into the house? And it has to amount to something called probable cause. That's what the search warrant affidavit has to do. Let's take another step back. Who writes the search warrant affidavit? So it's going to be the police officers that actually write the search warrant affidavit. Yeah, some sort of law enforcement, whether it's an investigator, police officer, whoever it is, or some confidential informant involved in the case or whatever. That's where it would go all in. But it's the, the police officer that writes that. Exactly. And there has to, and you're right, Mayor, there has to be, you know, what we call in the legal world specific and articulable facts that amount to some knowledge that a crime is being committed or has been committed. And it, it can't just be a guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess I, I saw him near a drug house. So I'm, I'm assuming that he probably has drugs. No, 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 that, that is not going to be enough for probable cause. Yeah. And, you know, and then you also have to be specific in what you're exactly looking for. 
right? Exactly. It can't be just kind of a wild goose chase. Like, well, I'm looking for just really anything that could have drugs in it. No. Let's be honest. If you go inside anybody's house right now and you're looking for some sort of contraband or something that's illegal, chances are you can knock on 10 houses and nine out of those 10, you can find something good. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when, when, with such a broad definition of contraband, I mean. So that's, that's why the burden is on the state or the police or the government to be specific in what they're looking for in the search warrant affidavit. Exactly. And so then when they present the affidavit to a judge, because they have to present it to a judge. So that's the next step. Exactly. Ultimately, ultimately the judge decides on whether or not this search warrant actually is issued or not issued. Exactly. So a judge then has the duty to look at the affidavit, to read the affidavit, and determine whether or not probable cause exists to grant the search warrant. And if probable cause does exist, then they will sign a search warrant authorizing yeah. police to search whatever they, I mean, whatever is stated sure. in the affidavit. And that authorization to do a search of someone's residence, typically, that's what a search warrant is usually nine times out of ten asking. Hey, let me search this building or let me search this house. Usually, not usually, there is a time limit on how good that search can a time limit on when you can now go conduct that search. It's exactly. called staleness. That's the legal principle. And usually, I mean, it depends on the state. I know in Texas, it's about three days. It's three days in Texas. So if the judge signs it today, well, it's ticking. You better go there better and see. effectuate the search. Exactly. And so in Brianna Taylor's case, and bringing it back there, yeah, police and were... They, they asked for a no-knock. So let's yeah let's, let's talk, talk about let's that. talk about that. So yeah, so we'll just I'll go ahead and say that police did have, according to the facts, according to the articles, that police had several affidavits, and they went to a judge, a district court judge, or sorry, circuit court judge, and requested you know several different search warrants because they believed police believed that Brianna Taylor's ex What were they looking for? What were they looking for? They I mean evidence of drug activity, drug related okay. activity. Okay. Um, because they had reason to believe that Brianna Taylor's ex-boyfriend who has, you know, previous arrests for, you know, drug drugs, drug convictions. I mean, he's been involved in narcotics and so they had a reason to believe that he was involved in it they also believed that you know maybe she was involved in it too from some of the evidence that they had gathered and so they went to a judge for search warrants for her apartment as well as uh you know her ex-boyfriend's place too and and several other locations actually not just not just those two but i believe it said that there were maybe five in total yeah um and, and again, like we said, the facts are always going to be in dispute. And now, I, I, you know, no knock, whether they knocked or didn't knock, that's a fact in dispute. It is. And so, I mean, but the, the, the fact is, is that the no, police did ask for a no knock yeah, warrant. The fact is this, um, no knock warrants are, are legal. If a judge signs off on it, the judge signs off on it. 
So that tells you how important judges are that are elected, how important it is that a judge actually sits there and really reads this search warrant. Think about this. If you sign off on a no-knock search warrant or any search warrant as a judge, everybody's life now is in danger. I don't care who it is, right? We've seen it here with this case. All the police officers, their lives were in danger. How about the people inside the house? I mean, or the apartment, excuse me, or, or whatever dwelling they're searching. Absolutely. Anytime there's a no knock, danger. But I, I mean, you also have to think maybe no knock warrants are, are necessary to some extent. Yeah, they're, I would say they're necessary from a legal standpoint. They're there to preserve evidence, right? And also for the element of surprise for the law enforcement agency. Think about it this way. If you hear somebody knocking on your front door and you are a drug dealer, you know you've got contraband here. The first thing you're going to do is, number one, um, flush all your flush all your drugs down the toilet. Oh, absolutely. I'm Or throw them out the window or eat them yeah. or I don't even just just get rid of them. That's yeah. what you're going to do. Lie here, then, law enforcement's outside. You're, you're going to get rid of them. And then the next thing that you will do, if you are really a sinister criminal who's really a drug dealer, you might go ahead and get your gun. Exactly. And, and, you know, and we've seen that before though. And try to use it against law enforcement. So that's, that's why no knocks there. And so everybody's got to decide, okay, um, do the pros of a no knock outweigh the cons? That's not for me to say. It's for me to go into why there's a no knock and why no knocks can be negative. I agree. I agree. And so, yeah, I'm not going to say whether or not it was necessary in this case. That was something that the police officers decide. That was something that the judge decided that she granted. Um, There, there are, I guess there's some evidence saying that the police actually did knock, that they did announce, but again, that's probably an issue and dispute. Um, So police did get to uh, Brianna Taylor's apartment. They they knocked. Apparently, maybe not. Maybe what time was this? So this actually was. So this was at twelve forty a.m. This is where me and Brooke are going to differ a little bit. It, yeah, I think okay. so. You know, doing a search warrant, effectuating a search warrant search, right? Signed off by a judge. I'm sure I've got to get my hands on the affidavit. I'm sure that there's some reason listed in there why they decided to do it at midnight. But out of all my cases that involve search warrant cases, I've never seen a group of guys from law enforcement, from SWAT, whoever that's going to do the search on the house, apartment, I've never seen them do it at night for a handful of reasons. For safety purposes, if you're an officer, you can't see. That's big. Officer safety has got to be the paramount. If five guys go in the mission, five guys need to come out. No ifs, ands, or buts. I agree. I, I agree with you. I do not disagree that I think that conducting it in the middle of the night was and, an, and a very the, odd time. It was a very odd time. for the safety of the people inside. No, and, and I don't disagree with you. I think that... But maybe it goes to the thought that doing it while they're sleeping and catching them by surprise is going to maybe limit any type of destruction of evidence. Sure. Now, if there was information in the affidavit that says, okay, this house is unoccupied at 12, what was it, 12 what? 1240. 
12.40 a.m. Yes. If there's information that says this, excuse me, I keep on saying house, I mean apartment. If this apartment was was unoccupied and or they're out on vacation, they left at 10 p.m. and they won't be back for another four days, that makes perfect sense. But I haven't yeah. heard that. No, and I haven't. Or read it. And the thing is, is, you know, I can say all my search warrant cases as well, I've been in the middle of the day or they've been in the evening and middle been in, of the in day. daylight. Daylight. But I don't know what, I don't know. I haven't spoken to any of the police officers conducting the warrant or who have been doing the investigation. So yeah. I can't speak They're, as to why they yeah. did it at 1240 a.m. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at, looking at that with a raised eyebrow, wondering why they did it at night. And maybe there was a reason as to why they did, but I, I sure. don't know. But sure. anyway, it I did, hope there is a reason. It did. And, and so they did it at 1240 a.m. And Brianna Taylor was in bed asleep with her current okay. boyfriend. I, I'm wrapping my head around this. I haven't studied this as much as you. Okay. That's true. Um, because we, we live these type of cases day in and day out. Okay. You're right. Um, I haven't studied as much as Brooke. So, all right. So they're there looking for any type of evidence against Brianna Taylor's ex-boyfriend. That is what they want. Yes. Okay. And it wasn't, not her ex-boyfriend who was currently there with her at 1240. No, she had a new boyfriend. And do you know how long she and that old boyfriend that they're trying to find evidence on had been separated for? Uh, that's not something I, I really do know. And I, I, that's not that's, information I can find. That's in dispute. That is in dispute. Okay. I think that's... The thing is, is that... There is evidence that... I hope there was a lot of evidence linking them together. Well, there's evidence hope. that the old boyfriend, uh, his name is Jamarcus. Jamarcus was sending, having packages sent to... Mail was being sent to her place. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also packages too. And mail was also being sent to her place as well. And so that's something that okay. was in the affidavit for the search warrant. Okay, maybe they're thinking, oh, these packages are being sent through her. Could be contraband. Exactly. And that I hope and I hope again they had more information on that. That's a lot of could be, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right there. And that is a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not I convinced mean, that that is probable cause. It could, it could be as simple as this: two people are living together in a relationship, so they decide to have one address, and then they split up and they break up, and the guy that leaves the apartment, he forgets to do a change of address. It could be that simple. And it really could, and you know how. How often does that happen? I feel like that probably happens a lot for couples or a you lot. recently move out and hey, the change of address yeah. hasn't completely started yet. So, you know what? It could be a really innocent explanation. And and the thing is, is when after the police did end up searching the house, they did. Okay. Or the did apartment. they find anything? No, they didn't. Oh, boy. They didn't. So they did. They did find the mail, though. They found that what was the Jamar mail? I mean, that Jamarcus's mail was going to Taylor. Was it to just use useless? I mean, it was just bills or something like that. Useless stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that part doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. I mean, that okay. night a search warrant was executed well, on Jamarcus's place. Jamarcus, they did find uh, okay. drugs and right. narcotics, and he was arrested for that. But nothing was found at. Taylor's apartment. So th this is where I'm having trouble with this case. Okay. And and I want to go back. I, we have a lot to talk about this, guys. Uh, we're 40 minutes into the podcast. We may go a little bit over today because this is very important. I want to go back to the judge. 
Judge. And, and that's it. I am so yeah. tired. I'm sorry. I have to say this. Okay. I am so tired of judges. And this is not a blanket statement at all. Okay. There are great judges out there that do a thorough job. But if you are a judge and you get an affidavit that is asking for a no knock. Now, that's in dispute. Seems like they did do a knock. But if you have a warrant, if you're signing off on an affidavit asking for a no knock search at 1240 in the morning, you better believe that you need to make sure, read the damn affidavit 10, 15, 20 times and see if there is probable cause. Because it's always tough whenever there's a search and contraband is found or isn't found. But the fact that contraband wasn't found, that's got to tell you that that affidavit was probably very weak. And I don't disagree with you. I think... Or not based on facts then. You know, it maybe it was or wasn't based on... I mean, maybe it was based on facts. I, I can't speak to that. I can't speak to the investigation, what they did, what they found. But the thing is, is regardless of whether it, what the police were asking for, I think any search warrant, I don't think that any judge, any judge needs to be rubber stamping what police do. Absolutely because not. Because I think that, you know, while we like to think police, you know, they're, they're great guys, they're good people, and a lot of them are. I'm not saying that they aren't, but, you know, I think that they they jump to conclusions. You get and, caught up in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Just, police officers just want to do their job. That's it but they don't have the opportunity to sit back, relax, do a legal analysis. That's not their job. They're trying to do something else. They're trying to enforce the laws. And if a judge is going to sign off on it, then the judge signed off on it. Yeah, and so I think the judges have the responsibility to look through, to sift through that affidavit to make sure that it actually amounts and have, to probable cause. And have the balls not to sign it. I, absolutely. Because I think that when you have a judge, and and you know, honestly, in, in my practice, in my practice, and what I've seen, you know, judges, there are judges, and I know you've seen it too, judges who have the reputation of, yeah, they'll sign anything. Oh, yeah. And and that's not a good reputation that's to have. That's horrible. It's awful. That's horrible. That's You don't want to be known as that judge. That's called not not looking at the Constitution <laughs> and not following it. Yeah, what's exactly. What's happening to our society. And that's not what's good. And so, that's how you end up in situations like this. So, if, so you, if you ask me right now, obviously I don't have all the details, right? Right. But based upon what I've I've read and heard, there was something fishy with the search and the affidavit. Don't know if the judge should have signed it. I don't know if it would have held up in court. What happens is this, guys. Let's just say, for example, the judge that signed this affidavit into a search warrant, let's just say there was not enough probable cause um, supported by facts. Let's say there just was not enough reason to search. What would happen is this. Obviously, the judge signed it. They would still search the home. And then if they found any contraband, then you then Breonna Taylor or whoever else they arrested because of the contraband, then they would have to get their own criminal defense attorney and then they would be able to fight. Right. They would be able to potentially suppress yeah. the, the contraband that was seized. Yeah. Based, based off of the fact that the warrant should have never been signed. Exactly. But I think I want to get to the, the biggest issue here. The biggest issue. 
the biggest issue is okay, so they got they got the search warrant, and whether we like it or not, it was a lawful search warrant that's because true. it was signed by a judge. I mean, I mean that that's just a fact. That's true. It was lawful. Yeah, if 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 you're one of the guys on the team, on the SWAT team or whatever team they call it over there, yeah, you've got the right to to do it. You do. So they're there to execute a search warrant. At the time, they're there to execute it. Whether we like it or not, they're there lawfully. They go into the house or the apartment, and they are met by Brianna Taylor's new boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. I don't know when you say new. Well, Is there a I negative meant, connotation to no, that? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I just meant... Let's just stick to the facts. Okay. Well, you, you're right. I'm saying not Jamarcus, but the, the, the next boyfriend. Okay. So, so her boyfriend at the time. Who's not under investigation. Right. Yeah, no, no. There's nothing. He's not under any narcotics. His name was not in the affidavit at all. He was not in the narcotics investigation. Poor guy. He was simply sleeping there with Brianna. He was woken up by the knocking. Yeah. And so he had his gun with him and he got it from bed with Brianna. They met, you know, he just fired a warning shot. That warning shot apparently went into one of the police officer's legs. So immediately when that happened, I mean, this probably happened within a matter yeah. of seconds. It, you know, the officers are, on, are they're already on edge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is 1240 in the morning. I mean, this and executing a search warrant in general, I don't care honest. what time it is. It's already a dangerous. Yeah. It's already dangerous. Well, it's much it more dangerous now at night. Well, I, mean, I don't care what you say. Okay. Well, it's dangerous regardless, yeah, but much more. Well, regardless. Yeah. So they're on edge. So he gets one of the officers gets shot in the leg. Fire uh, is returned by yeah. all three officers who enter the apartment. And how many though? Do what you know you? how many rounds? Yes. How so, many rounds were fired? Okay. To, well, so how many warning shots were shot? Okay. One. One warning shot. And then how many rounds in response? Well, quite a few more. Okay. Quite a few more. Okay. And um, and so Brianna Taylor is then as a result killed uh due to those return that return fire what from to police. Her boyfriend? He's okay. Nothing happened to him. No, nothing happened to him. So he's okay. Brianna Taylor is then killed. That's very sad. It is it's That's sad. Horrible. It's so sad because it's just a senseless death. It's senseless. Yeah. She did not need to die at all. No, I mean, and uh, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's just so sad that she was dating a guy who was being investigated, and now she she was the victim. She's the victim of dating a bad guy. I agree, and you know what? I think that. We want to blame, we want to, as when this happens, we want to blame someone, you know, we want to blame someone and you know, we want to blame police and you know what? I think police, it's, I don't know. Why don't you just tell them how you feel and I'll just tell them how I feel. Okay. I don't think that police murdered Brianna Taylor. I really, under the law, I can't say that they, they murdered because I have to look at it in a legal, as a legal standpoint. I think that they have a defense of they have self-defense that's that's a legal defense that they can use they were legally allowed to be there they you know were fired at they can return fire that is a legal defense they did not murder her i don't believe they intended to kill her i don't think they intended 
to kill anyone. They were there to execute a search warrant. Let me ask you this question. What? I don't know if our listeners will remember this case. Shifting gears, but I promise you I'm looping it back to this. Okay. And if you guys don't know this case, let me just tell you really quickly. There was an off-duty police officer coming home in Dallas, Texas. She goes to the wrong apartment, and she sees a black man in what she thinks to be her home. She shoots him, and he dies. She was convicted of what? Murder. Uh was it murder? It was murder. She What's was convicted the difference? of murder. What is the difference? And that was a Texas jury. That was a Texas jury. A I Dallas, remember. Texas jury, maybe a year or so ago. Yeah, it what was What is actually. the difference between these two cases? Brianna, she had a right to be where she was. Absolutely. And the guy that her her boyfriend with her, he has a right to defend himself. And if you, I don't care who you are, those same police officers, if they're sleeping in their bed at 1240 in the morning and you hear a pounding on the door, I don't care how clear that announcement is, you're going to be in fear, you're going to grab a gun, and you're going to try to defend yourself. Well, then, that, so then that brings up the next issue because then, you, I mean... Kenneth Walker. And I they haven't, have, they have, I haven't, they have, I haven't me, said if, if murder or what, I haven't made my conclusion yet. All I'm saying so far is this, the police need to be held accountable for not doing the best practice in this, that a lot of different, a lot of different things could have been prevented had they just gone about the but, search it differently. But is the best practice convicting them of murder? Every time that, you know, because obviously the system is imperfect. We know that a search warrant is not going to be executed perfectly every time. So if it's not executed perfectly, does that mean we're going to convict them of a criminal no, offense? I don't think we convict them of murder because if you take a deeper step back, these officers, they're just pawns in this damn system. They're just doing what they're told. Right. And I don't, there's something in me that's holding back and leashing out against the cops completely. It's against the super, the superiors, okay? I don't know how, how high up this goes. The district attorney needs to be overseeing this case. The judge, the chief of police or whoever, however the system works there, they need to have a policy that says, hey, you don't go there. You don't. I don't care who it is. I don't care if this is El Chapo. You don't do a 1240 search unless you have complete officer security down unless you've got surveillance inside somehow or you know that hey these people are gone you don't do 1240 searches at night yeah and And those cops i agree those cops were are just small pawns in this entire damn justice system no and i i do have to agree with you and and the thing is is you know you bring up that the amber geiger case actually the amber geiger she killed that's right she killed uh Botham, I think, was it Gene Botham or I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. It's Botham Gene. And I don't believe that it was murder. I really don't. I believe that it was a self-defense case. I really do. She really legitimately thought that he was a intruder in her apartment. I think that where the, the prosecutor got her was when she testified and she said that she intended to kill him because she felt like her life was being threatened, you know, but it's, but it, I think that she kind of got, 
and honestly, there's there's an appeal right now, and I think that's a completely different podcast. Yeah. But but I will just go ahead and put on the record: I do not believe that she, that was that should have been murder. Okay, and I'll go ahead and just say that. But okay, and and going forward like this, I don't think that the officer is well, intended to kill. To, yeah, looking, my legal conclusion is this: okay, I don't know how Brianna was shot and killed. If she was aimed at point blank. I don't know how far they were, the visibility, the struggle, everything is moving so fast. Right. But if she was shot at point blank and there was not a weapon on her, whichever officer shot her at point blank, there should be a conversation about murder. Now, if it was probably what I think it was, where, now I don't know if I think it was this or not, but if it was where, you know, it's a chaotic scene and cops are just shooting their guns in every which direction. I think that's manslaughter. That's, I and I don't, and I don't think that, and what did the grand jury return? They, they did not indict any of them on any murder charges. They only one indictment. Um, only one cop was indicted and it didn't have anything to do with Brianna Taylor's death. It was, what did it have to do with? It was, I want to say wanton, was it wanton? disregard? Yes, something along those wanton disregard, those and that was just for shooting essentially blindly um, shots into another apartment, basically, yeah. um, basically yeah. not having any regard for the human yeah. life in, in the other apartment. And also, yeah, and quickly, murder is intentional. You look at someone, you shoot them. That's murder, okay? Unless they're self defense. Okay. Right, and that's a that's a defense. manslaughter. Yeah, it's a big it's a big. I'm sorry, it's huge. It's a huge defense. Okay, people's lives are turned upside down, and you know, because of a few few seconds in time, mm-hmm. can be the difference between a murder conviction or a self defense acquittal. Few moments in time, timing is everything. But murder versus manslaughter. Manslaughter means you recklessly killed someone. Murder means. You did it on purpose. Okay. I, I don't even know if we can get to manslaughter. Yeah. Honestly, and and from you're saying case. you don't even get to manslaughter. I don't think we got I to say maybe, maybe there could have been some, you know what? And, and you know what? I would like to know from the listeners what they think. Yeah. And, absolutely. and so, you know what? You guys can contact us by going to our website, crimeandfiction.com, just contacting us, or you can email me. I'm pretty good at email. It's Brooke at crimeandfiction.com. Yeah. Tell us what you think, because I think this is such a big issue right yeah. now. And people have people are very opinionated, which is good. I think it's good to have an opinion on I this. I think the more the more focus we can get on our criminal justice system, the better. I agree, because you know what? There's room for improvement. But I do think there's that, a lot of room for a lot of improvement. Well, Absolutely. But I think that also, you know, what's happening right now, why the officers weren't indicted. I mean, it's not because... I don't believe it's because they hate black people because they're bad people. I think they legitimately were doing their job and they were trying to defend their own selves. Yeah. Um, I also want to comment on, on what it means to be a, a criminal defense attorney in a situation like this. Okay. Very, very tough to defend these officers. It is. It That is hard. You are, you're kind of stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place. And typically when there's a grand jury proceeding, 
Every state's going to have their own small quirks and differences. That's just the way it is. We're in the United States of America. Um, but typically, you may have the opportunity to present evidence to a grand jury under special occasions. The district attorney's office will let you do that. That's only if they let you do it. I bet you they probably let them do it in this case. Oh, yeah. Abs- and I'm, I'm sure if, that's... If it's your average guy who gets arrested for a random crime, they're not going to let a defense attorney go in there and talk to the grand jury. I'm telling you right now, I know the I know the, the criminal defense attorneys for the police officers work their asses off. I can tell you that. I can tell you. But what I can also tell you is this. They were probably given a little bit more special treatment because their clients were officers. Yeah. And I and you can't deny that. You're right. I think that it's a hard job to be a criminal defense attorney for an officer, especially right now with what's going on. In, but is it right I that they were given a little bit of special treatment? You know. whether if, if it wasn't them, we know under this same fact scenario that the officers who are now being possibly investigated for a criminal offense gets a little bit of preferential treatment from the district attorney's office. And is that right? You know, and that just, that's just another, I think, another issue, another, another issue for probably another time. Yeah. I know we're running, running short on time here. Well, and we've got a lot more to discuss in the future, guys. Um, again, if you guys want to participate, email us. Email Visit us. CrimeAndFiction.com. Con- contact us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Um, I think real quickly, you know, we want to kind of go through some of our some of our favorite things, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. I know that was kind of a more somber, maybe more serious topic. But, you know, some of the things I think during COVID that we've been doing, I know Mary's been watching basketball. I love to read. So I did want to say I just finished a book. It was so good. It was called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. It was so good, you guys. I would really recommend reading it. It was actually a really quick read. Read it on Audible or listen to it on Audible. Um, read it. It was so good. I'd recommend it. It was all true crime kind of thriller suspense. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We can't wait to talk to you all next week. And We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in.